Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, returning again after not doing my normal Monday show, but I am back in full jersey, uh, wearing a Sabres jersey, Dylan Cousins. I mean, yeah, Jack Eichel is gone. I, I feel like it's only fitting that I give some of my thoughts before we get started here. I mean, first and foremost, you know, I do hope the best for Jack Eichel's recovery. Uh, you know, I, I do think that there's more to the story than just the neck injury, wanting out, et cetera. But I do hope the best for him. You know, I don't know him personally. I've never met the guy, but he was pretty great to the Buffalo community. Um, I think he gave us a fair shake and it didn't really work out. I, uh, you know, I'm hoping even more so that Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck can come in and be great players for the Sabres. I know uh, Tuck has great five on five metrics and, hopefully can add some more scoring to a team that will desperately need it once he returns in hopefully a month or so. And I think Peyton Krebs has a ton of potential to be a great setup, man. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a guy that we're taking shot prop on uh, props on, or really worrying about being a, a huge valuable DFS asset other than stacking option. But um, I am very optimistic that these guys can step in and, you know, a year or so and be very big parts of the Sabres future. But <clears throat> With all that being said, I just, you know, it is a sad day. Uh, I was, you know, a sophomore in college when the Sabres had the draft lottery and I was all in on McDavid and Eichel. I went to see McDavid play and, you know, was watching the draft lottery, just hoping for, uh, you know, a, a great future for the Sabres, a team that I've devoted a lot of time and energy towards. So it's bittersweet. You know, it was a big part of sort of those next couple of years for me, uh, watching the Sabres going to the prospects games and, uh, really hoping for the best for him because I, I do think he deserves a chance at winning the cup, but we're a forward think, thinking show here. Let's get right into the action here. We have what five really good games. Um, some interesting news and notes that I definitely want to get to. Um, I think just off the, off the cuff here, it's an 8 PM slate start get out on the East coast. So you have a lot of time if you're on the West coast or right at central time to get everything together, get home, check everything out. The two games that start us off, are the Blackhawks at Winnipeg at 8 and the Rangers at the Oilers at 9.30, which are both six over-unders. The rest are five and a half. And we'll jump right into that Blackhawks-Winnipeg game right now. So I don't think I have to be the first to tell you this. The Blackhawks have been really, really bad. Um, I think I mentioned having maybe the most historically terrible start to a season just on the ice, as well as all the surrounding news and information. I'm not going to let that sway me too far away from considering them in, D in DFS, because I think they're going to go just egregiously under-owned. Um, the one really good part about playing them in DFS is that, A, the ownership's really suppressed. B, the pricing is very low. But the C, and the most maybe importantly, is how concentrated these minutes have been. Uh, Patrick Kane at 25, Brink at 22, Kubali 21, Taze 21, Doc 20. You know, it's just sort of like the perfect storm of like potentially – the the line that smashes and ends up winning the slate um could be that Kane Doc Kubalik stack and I'm gonna consider it um Kubalik unfortunately not on that first power play which will hurt the upside in general for uh, for that stack getting there but I I'm definitely gonna if I make it multiple lineups it's gonna find its way into my my you know what I'm gonna be doing because it's just gonna be like zero percent with Edmonton on the slate. Um, and maybe even Anaheim garnering some ownership against Arizona, who's just been putrid. Um, on the Winnipeg side, Shifley did return um, from his COVID absence. He skated with Wheeler and Lowry, 
So they kind of spread out the wealth between three lines to Bois with Connor and Sveshnikov, uh, the other Sveshnikov, <laughs> Stastny with Kopp and Ehlers, and then Lowry, Shifley, Wheeler. So it's kind of tough in, in my estimation to find the perfect fit there. Uh, it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to get overlooked. Uh, Connor, uh, 7,900. Um, I still like his shot prop a good bit, although um, his last game out, he posted a dead zero. Uh, actually, he had maybe one block, but yeah, he had zero shots, zero goals, zero assists. Um, Dubois actually, um, over the past 10 days, has had pretty good metrics as far as um, I, you know, his, his expected goal metrics and, and, and et cetera. So he's kind of come into him a bit, but I'm not going to let that steer me away too much. If you get it at two and a half, I still think it's a good bet. Um, Ehlers is a bit cheaper. Um, he might not be somewhere you're going to find on all different sites, but he's seen still 21 minutes last game, even with Shively coming back. He's definitely a high shot guy. Uh, those are the two I'm most interested in from a prop perspective. Um, in this game in general, I think the six over under, I like the over here. I still think it could get over that mark. Chicago has been really, really bad defensively, really bad in the penalty kill, terrible in that. Um, so Winnipeg should find their goals. But like I mentioned, you know, Chicago has some good talent up top that can produce and I think will produce here. So I like the over more than anything else. I'm probably not touching that money line. I think Winnipeg at minus 175 is a fair bet. And I think it's going to be pretty popular. Um, I think it'll move closer to minus 200 by puck drop. So I could see myself considering it, but I just like the over more. Um, I'd rather just put that in and, and move on. So getting to the next game, Rangers at Oilers. Um, the Rangers went out against Vancouver last. Um, they lost in overtime. Yes, they lost in overtime. The one thing, the opposite of what Chicago does, they really give the minutes pretty purely on five-on-five five situations. Power play is really where you're going to find your edge here. Guys like Fox see an exorbitant amount, but you're really picking and choosing between the Zabinajad Kreider line and the Strom Panarin line. And, you know, I, I find myself kind of liking the Rangers again a little bit more than maybe the status quo just because they're playing the Oilers which should be a good matchup um, overall in general the six over under I think the overs in play here um, but I just think like I said I'm getting to it I think it's going to go overlooked um, for sure uh, Panarin is finally being priced up a bit more than what we're used to he's been shooting a bit more he's been producing a lot more he has what six points over the last three games, just absolutely on a tear. So his price comes up a bit. It's going to be really hard to afford this game stack in general because McDavid is 9,400 and Drysdale 86. So good luck. Um, I, I do hope some people can find their way to get that lineup in. They did play together at five on five. They did play on the power play. They did smash um, Drysdale being the main one with three points in the last outing in their five to two win over Nashville. It's going to be really, really hard to put together. I think that there's a way you could get it with Chicago and feel really, really good about your lineup. You're going to have to find punts elsewhere, but we can kind of get to those together. Um, but I do think this, this game in general has, it's probably not going to end up being actually as friendly for shot props as I may have, may have was hoping for, I guess. Um, just kind of looking through, like trying to find some players. The one that was standing up the most was Panarin, as far as a guy that's been shooting more on the power play, which, as I mentioned on the last time I recorded, I've been more focused on who's performing on the power play, who are they trying to get the puck to, because that's really where the DFS lineups have been hitting. Um, 
I don't find Panarin the safest bet for shot props though, because he could just revert back to his playmaking self in, in the certain situations. Last game out, he had four shots and the, and the goal and the assists. So yeah, it can happen, but I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. So I'm probably going to be more staying away from these props um, just because they haven't felt good to me on the Rangers side. They've really mixed and matched who's been getting what uh, I would, you know, if I find Panarin at a fair price at like over half a point, I, I would definitely consider it, but I don't think it's going to be that great of a pricing. Um, I'd almost be more, so more of considering like just taking, if you get like a plus 450 on a uh, Kako goal prop or something, um, just because he's playing with Panarin and Strom and they're super talented at five on five, the minutes have been hit or miss. Uh, but if they're down in a game, it's seemingly like they're getting that, them a little bit more run to try to get a goal back um so that that could be a narrative against edmonton uh on the Oilers side it's just again they're just their pricing for the, their props is so bad you know mcdavid at over a point and a half it's been hitting a ton but man they're just gonna keep pricing it out of consideration and i just don't know if i want to be sitting there praying for two point night from mcdavid when i'm not getting great positive money on that so I think more or less this game is, is probably going to be a prop stay away in over that I don't mind taking. And I like the Oilers side in general. If Shesterkin's in net, I might consider that Ranger side. Um, the Rangers have actually given up a ton of Corsi against as of late, but their goaltending has been so good that their expected goals numbers are just down. I'm not sure if that's defense as well. It probably is. Um, but they just seemingly are finding a way to allow shots on net and not produce a high uh, metric of expected goals against and Shesterkin has been I, I would say the best goalie in the league and I don't think that's anything anyone out of the ordinary uh, the, and again like looking at his game log he's seen over 30 shots in four straight games if he's starting he might be you know if you're not playing McDavid and Dreisaitl I would almost say it's like you should lock him in in GPP because he's going to be a little underowned in this matchup if you're not taking those Edmonton guys you're basically praying they don't get there there's no multi-point nights McDavid Dreisaitl just Sturkin gets 35 plus shots in the win. I mean, you're already setting yourself pretty far apart there. Um, so any prop that you can get with him over like 28 and a half shots, definitely I'm thinking that that might be the best one of the night, honestly, right there. I think I, I found it for you. Um, so now we're going to get into the 10 p.m. games. Nashville at Vancouver. Vancouver, I don't know if they've played two games in a row with the same lines. Um, they uh, This might be, I think this is pretty close though from the last game. Let me just hold on, find him again. Um, yeah, this is pretty close to the last game that they lost. I think there might be a couple little caveats, at least to the power play, but they, yeah, there is to the power play. Um, so Pedersen, Miller and Garland went out and they dominated against the Rangers, even though they, oh, they got the win. I I think I messed that up before Vancouver won in overtime. Um, they really did really, really well. They also all correlate on the power play now and they did in the game, but it switched. So that's going to be the first unit Miller. Pedersen, Garland, Besser, and Oliver Ekman Larson. It's, you know, it's something that some people might not see. They might not put it together. Nashville's been at least decently susceptible to giving up big numbers against. They're just not a great team in general. Uh, and it, Garland's price coming coming down to 6,100 is about a little bit high still, honestly. Uh, it's better than the 6,900 we got last week on him, but it's a little bit high, but I think that that stack is, is again, it's a pretty good one with Miller at 47 and, and Pedersen at 58. Um, that seems like a really good three-man punch that all correlates together. And that's what I've been complaining about with Vancouver. Their games are super high pace. 
there's a lot of opportunities, at least historically, but the power play hasn't correlated with their lines. This is a chance we're going to get that all together. So I, I'm really considering it myself. Um, I don't think this is going to be your, you know, your best game of the year, um, highest, you know, potential points and stuff. So I'm just going to really quickly, sorry, I got a lot of tabs open. I'm getting my monitors next week, pull up the expected goals against four teams over the past 10 days. Um, let's just find Nashville. It ranks eighth. So expected goals against eighth. Vancouver is, man, they got to be up here somewhere. Vancouver is 22nd. So uh, they've been pretty good defensively, I guess, which is shocking. So maybe this, they'll revert back to the mean. Um, what I'm getting to here is I kind of like the over again. I've been pretty in on the unders. I think this slate has a, some pretty good opportunity for overs to hit. Um, and I really do like the Vancouver side at minus 120. I think that's a pretty safe uh, bet here. Uh, the Predators have found some offense, but like I mentioned, they give up enough defensively against that. Like they're going to be just begging UC Soros to, to bail them out if he does start. And I'm just not going to buy it. Um, I'm going to just, I think I'm just going to, I really like this. I, I think I like Vancouver pretty good here. I like that first line a lot and that first power play and a lot of props to go with it. Um, you know, Miller and Besser, or not Besser, Pedersen have been pretty good set at men in their career. So if you get a Garland prop at two and a half or maybe even two, that should be pretty sound in my estimation. Um, on the Nashville side, I don't know if there's anything that's I'm overly bullish on. Um, I mean, Josie's been good. Again, like they kind of have spread the wealth so much. Um, Forsberg missed last game. Let me see what they have for him right now. I was trying to find more news, but every news, yep, he's considered week to week, correct? Okay, so he's definitely going to be out. I thought that was the case, but I want to double check. So Forsberg being out, um, changed their lines up a good bit. Uh, Duchesne with Granlin and, and Cunning, Tolvain in with Johansson and Grimaldi. Um, Granlin, Duchesne both saw 20 minutes. They both saw power play time together, correct, with Yossi. So that could be you know, something to consider. Uh, I'm probably not touching much of that myself. Just doesn't seem necessary. But if you are playing those really expensive guys um, on Edmonton, uh, there is some value here. I, I think um, any of the correlating pieces with those two could end up getting there. Tolvanen might get a little bit of a better run um, in this circumstance. The next game is Arizona at Anaheim. I mean, this one is really, really tough for me because Arizona has been so incredibly bad. They have the worst expected goals against numbers. They have some of the lowest expected goals for numbers, though, on the other side. So the over-under here, it's like, okay, could it be four to one? Like That seems pretty logical to me. So the under could hit. I'd almost rather bet on Arizona just slowing pace enough and getting a little bit better because they're almost expected like three and a half goals against right now over the past 10 days. Um, and I think that in large part is to the competition they played against. I'm kind of willing to bet here with Anaheim, without Raquel, without Silverberg to be just bad or not good enough to get this over to hit. So I think the under here might just be the best bet. Um, Shattenkirk's price has jumped infinitely. He's now 6,400. Um, it's just been point. He's 11 points in 11 games, point per game guy. The shot and the blocks haven't really been there. So I think it's somewhat unwarranted. And he seems like the right stacking mate with many of these um, Anaheim players. We don't have confirmation on lines and, and they're definitely subject to change. 
I know Getzlaff and Zegras were pretty popular. I think they will be again. Um, there's correlating pieces around them that are somewhat cheap and like Milano and Terry, et cetera. I'm kind of staying away from this game and DFS. I honestly don't know if I'm even going to be touching too many props. Like I've mentioned, I like taking the under on the Arizona points uh, for any player, really. Like sometimes you can get almost plus value on that, especially on sites like underdog where they are just kind of straight bets. Um, I still like that here. We don't know who the starter is in net, but if it's Gibson, like the shutout could be right there. I think if anything, if you want to get a little bit risky, bet the, you know, the under on the first period of 0.5 goals. Um, that seems to be a pretty sharp take. Uh, I, I I don't have player props right now, so I'll maybe look into it, see if there's anything that I end up liking a bit more. Um, but you know, I, I don't I don't really think there's anything on Anaheim that's like you have to jam it in um, as a prop as a bet. I think Anaheim's a fair bet in their own right. Um, Getzloff shot prop, I think that's probably the one. Just looking over things, and I do think it'll be pretty popular at 5100 on DraftKings. As far as Arizona is concerned, I'm just not interested. Um, there's really no one here that I get excited for. They're incredibly cheap, but I'm just probably not going to do it. So let's move over to the last game, New Jersey on the road against LA. And I just want a quick speedy recovery to Dougie Hamilton, who will miss. Um, But we will get our first look at a very, very highly touted prospect in Alexander Holt through New Jersey. He is slotted in on the first power play and he is minimum salary on DraftKings. Um, I really, you know, just kind of like the idea of taking him to get a goal maybe here, if you can find it. Um, he's a really, really good prospect, a really good shooting prospect at that. And he's on the first power play. You might get an egregious eye on that. And I'm in on it. Uh, we didn't get lines, unfortunately, but the first power play was Subban, Holtz, Mercer, Zaka, and Hishier. And I think people are going to probably just fade New Jersey in general. Um, Zaka's pretty expensive. He shears decently expensive. Obviously, Jack Hughes is out, but the rest of them are pretty cheap. Um, Subban on that first power play, he should get good ice time. It might again be something that I'm not end up, I'm not gonna end up getting to just because I think there's better options, like I mentioned with Vancouver and Chicago, to maybe also correlate some pieces on you know Edmonton, who I still think is the best of the night. It's just they're incredibly expensive. But I do think New Jersey could get pretty overlooked. And I think Holtz is just like a really, really good punt here at 2,500. Um, as far as props are concerned, you know, you never know what you're going to get on DraftKings is the problem. Zaka hasn't been the best trigger man in the world. Um, Tatar is a guy that I thought this year would start to take over. Hasn't really gotten there yet. So, I mean, just kind of trying to look through game logs, see who's been shooting. I mean, we don't really know where the shot's going to come from. It's been Heesher as of late, which is a little bit odd, um, but he might be found at two, maybe even one and a half. I, they might not even put him up there because you never know with DraftKings, but it's going to be kind of a game time decision tomorrow where I end up landing here. This game is projecting, I think, and rightfully so, to be a pretty decent underbet. I don't have a problem with it. Um, like I mentioned, I, I don't have a ton of faith in in either real side to be like heavy hitter goal scorers um but there also is a lot of value here and if you kind of take away the Kopitar line I mean, like who's scoring for <laughs> for uh the Kings right um so yeah this game the under seems pretty good I'm probably not taking a ton here other than Alexander Holtz and DraftKings 
I think that as far as, like I said, uh, the game in general, the under seems decently strong. Um, I believe Blackwood's back because they waived Wedgwood, who was picked up by Arizona. I don't know if he's going to start or not, but he is back. And, you know, he's a pretty good goalie. So I'm hoping that he ends up getting the nod here, maybe. Bernier's been pretty good. Um, and then both goalies for LA have been, I would say, okay to, to find. And I just don't see any reason here to try to jam in and over on a West Coast game that, that just doesn't have a lot of exciting offensive players in it. I mean, like, I'm struggling to find a shot prop I like. I, I almost feel like this could be a good spot to just grab some unders on shot props, really, um, thinking that some of these players like Kopitar regress back to the main in a, in a low event game um, could be the sharp take here. And, you know, the unders have been something that I don't talk about enough, but they're really the smarter bet most of the time. So this could be the time to do it. And, and, you know, maybe I'll try to post them tomorrow. I've just finished moving. So hopefully have a little more time to get that stuff done. Um, yeah, I think that's probably going to sum it up. Um, like I have mentioned before, and I'll mention again, if you haven't, or if you're wondering where I'm kind of clicking around, trying to find some of this stuff, mainly natural stat trick, hockey viz are probably the main two I look at every single day. Um, they're just bookmarked. I, I open the screen. That's like, you want to go to natural stat trick, right? Yep. Yes. Google. Thank you. Um, so check them out. If you are wondering how to navigate, if you have questions, you can always ask me, but, uh, I did a video on the hockey assist network, which I promise I'm going to get back to. It's just been a lot with the move and, and boy, I'm still unpacking a lot of stuff. Um, and not just the Eiffel trade. So with all of that being said, I think I'm going to get you guys out of here. I'm sure I'm well over on the time I wanted to do, but definitely check out those sites. There's a, a ton, a ton, a ton of information. And there's, and there's, you know, um, if you have questions about like specific stats, like what they mean, please let me know. Cause I do want to do another video. Um, but all right, I'm going to get you guys out of here. Thank you again. Follow everything, rate everything, review everything. You know, you know, the drill and have a great slate. Mm-hmm.